1: All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to week 12 of the Big East Barroom. Ryan, happiest January 30th to all those who celebrate. How are you this Monday warm evening? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Having oh, you? We are co-hosts on the show. I appreciate the hospitality. This it's is my house. Or it's my mom's basement, depending on who you're talking we to. We are two days away from February college basketball. You know what comes after February college basketball? April. <laughs> Wait, why, why you ruined it. Oh, yeah. Um... Doesn't John Rosting do a countdown to, like, March every day? Yeah. Yeah. Mute him, you know. Oh, come on, Johnny boy. Uh, we had a good Big East basketball. You got to see a Big East game in person. I got to see a Big East game in person. You got to see two Big East games in person. I did get to see two Big East games, including my first trip to a home game for Villanova. At the Wells Fargo? At the Wells Fargo. Not at the Finn, but it was still pretty cool. Ryan was in Philadelphia when the Philadelphia Eagles clinched their birth of the nfc so 49ers fans and eagles fans do with that information as you will i was in the parking lot with the eagles fans wow yeah somebody texted me after and's like oh your brother's up at the game right now and i said yeah and he goes well if he's wearing a giants jersey that's the quickest escort out of there <laughs> and i was like well that, that might actually be wrong um yeah those eagles fans don't mess around no sounds like it was a pretty interesting environment anyway but I also have Creighton, 114.8 peak decibels that I just came across on their pink out game. That's loud. That was a lot of fun to watch. I don't, what is a lot of decibels? Decibels, decimals? 114.8. Yeah, well, they wouldn't be probably posting if they weren't. Yeah. Um. So you want to talk college basketball? You want to talk Big East basketball for two and a half minutes of team? You want here? Yeah. In this barroom? Of all places? We're not in a barroom. Um, yeah, so the way that Ryan and I are going to do it today is, we are going to make our own team, and I'll actually make a little Google Doc here, and I'll calculate it as we go, and we're going to draft um, the 11 colleges of mascots where we would like to play basketball for us. Now, this won't make much sense, no, and that's okay, can't. but you have to use your imagination the best you can. Ryan, should we disqualify, because we, right now our team of the week, because of our guest Xavier yeah so should we disqualify Xavier and both admit that the Xavier Musketeers would be really good basketball players yeah because they're human yeah they're human that's like the main thing like for a lot of these like they're humans yeah but I also like am gonna build a super team out of well I don't want to give too much away I don't think you are all right so Ryan I'm uh all right I'm thinking of a number between one and ten go so with my first pick. No wait, if you guess the number, I'll give you the I'm pick. gonna take the <laughs> DePaul Blue Demons. Wait, no, you know my that's my that was my strategy. I don't think you wanna play bat, ball against the uh against No, I don't why, why do you wanna play ball against the devil? That's such a good move, but my next pick's gonna be better. Alright. We're playing two and a half on the clock. We're talking DePaul Blue Demons. DePaul played two games this week and um lost two games. They um one of the more uh, talked about games of the year they played georgetown at georgetown and they hand georgetown their first win in 683 days i believe um and then they lost to marquette after playing a really good first half um i think the big story is let's talk georgetown like let's talk the georgetown game yeah i think you have to um i'm gonna real quick throw out some positives moji Gibson goes for 24 points four assists eral penn had 13 rebounds um You know, Javon Johnson goes for 13 points. I mean, this is all the Georgetown game? Yes, this is all the Georgetown game. They put up 76 points on the road against Georgetown. Unfortunately, they gave up 81 points. Yeah, I mean, Georgetown does... That's a tough game and a tough matchup. I know not many people like to hear that, but Georgetown is one of those teams that doesn't care how much you score because they're going to just try to outscore you. And DePaul kind of also doesn't care how much you score because they're going to try to outscore you. And Georgetown just, you know for the first time in two years, finally had the shots fall for them um, down the stretch. And Primo Spears was incredible at certain points in that game. Um, two, you know, I was kind of interested to see how they'd come back against Marquette. And they came back and played a really good first half. Um, that's kind of what I've seen from Marquette all year. They'll let like these lesser teams like a Georgetown or DePaul stick around. I mean, Marquette scored 56 points in the second half. I mean, we're talking about an absolute Yeah, they had the same thing at St. John's. Yeah, They went into halftime down... Um, yeah, they went into halftime down against Georgetown on that Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, these are the these are the two worst teams in the conference defensively by the metrics mm-hmm. uh, and by the eye test. Yeah, so I mean, coming out of this game, I you know, they allowed David Joplin to go off. I mean, they Murphy's a lot of fun to watch still. Um, I know he didn't play great against Marquette, but you know, he he's more, you know, 4 and 5 4 ass- points, 5 assists. Um, I did, I want to just quickly touch on this because I think it's a bigger question. Um, And I actually just was talking to our friend Blue Demon Degenerate. um, And he said that um, I asked if Stubblefield is on the hot seat because, again, you know your team better than we do. And he said probably not this year. Do you think Tony Stubblefield should be on the hot seat? Great question. You beat me to it. Um, This was a big step back for a week. This was a really big step back after beating Xavier. Um, You didn't want to break Georgetown's streak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think – I agree. I think, like, Georgetown was the one team you couldn't lose to. And, like, you, someone was going to lose to them, but, like, it needed to be – I mean, if Xavier lost to them, people would have just shrugged their shoulders. Right. Creighton lost to them. They would have just shrugged their shoulders. But if you were St. John's or DePaul, uh, DePaul I think people are going to use that as just ammo as to, um, you know, come at the coach now. Yeah, definitely a tough look. All right, Ryan. Because you decided to go nuclear, I'm gonna go nuclear right back, and I'm gonna draft and I'm gonna draft the weather. Yep. And that's St. John's Red Storm for my. Um, now, what position do you imagine them playing? Oh, they're, they're 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 Andre Jackson. They're out of control with stupid athleticism, a defensive presence. Oh my goodness! You're not going to the. I mean, it's not Cockburner who's like kind of more a stalwart because it's changing. Like he's going up and down the court, not a shooter. though. Can not you imagine shooter. trying to shoot against the weather guarding you? Yeah, no, absolutely. But he and but he can't shoot either. No, he can't shoot. No, no, but he's and he's creating, never been a shooter. Creating chaos. And I'm not going to be mad at him for not being a shooter. All right, we're putting two and a half on the clock, and we're talking about the uh, Saint John's Red Storm. Saint John's played two games this week. Saint John's lost to Creighton um, by twenty eight points on Wednesday, and then they come back and they win against Georgetown on an AJ Store buzzer beater, which is now our buzzer for today. Uh, what, do you, what are we talking? Are, are we doing big picture? Are we doing we're smaller talking, picture? Are we talking AJ Storr saving maybe Mike Anderson? We're talking AJ Storr to start, right? Like, that was a yeah. big time shot from a freshman. After coming off 23 points against Creighton. And did you see what he said after the game? I've been hitting those my whole life, probably. Yeah. Is he really that what he said? He said, it's I not love my first say, game winner, my first one in college, but it's still the same shot. I love when people say that. It's like such a badass, like, I've been there before and you haven't. Yeah. Um, I really like when people say stuff like that. Uh, joel soriano um i know he didn't play great shooting wise but he had another double double against georgetown um hit a massive dunk at one point when they kind of needed it posh alexander didn't play um i don't know you know i don't have a ton of updates on what's going on with posh um you know he but didn't, he didn't play in the no he didn't play money. no he didn't play this week is what i mean yep. but so i don't know is he you know what is what's the situation with him and does it matter? Like, what does it? What does it mean for the program right now? Um, Posh has a lingering ankle injury. I don't know if St. John's. Are we talking state of the program? Like, does St. John's just go full reset and just say, Posh, don't worry about coming back? Like, is are we at that point? Or are we still trying to win games? I think Mike Anderson is trying to win games. Um, what is he? Thirteen and ten now. He's never had a losing season. He needs to. <laughs> don't say they're fourteen and eight. He's not going to have a losing season, but don't say that too loud. Oh, bad. excuse me, because they beat Georgetown. Yeah. They didn't lose. Um, I, and plus, Mike Anderson's trying to save his job. So I think is coming back if he can play, uh, if it's nothing serious. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Joel Soriano still... So, so that's another topic that's been, I guess, bigger... You have Joel Soriano as your biggest player of the year? Not that it's been... No, not just because it's been bigger around... You know we've been talking about it a lot, but like, do you th- do you think that's gonna have a possibility still? Joel Soriano has been the best player in the conference. Uh, I agree, um, but it really matters about how much you factor in team success. I keep going back and forth. I probably wouldn't vote for him at the end of the day. Huh? Yeah, I think it's very close. Mike Anderson have a job next year? No, no. Like, does, who has a better chance? Him or Ewing? Of having their job next year. Ewing. Ewing? For sure. Okay. All right. I don't love that, but I think you're probably right. Right. You have the next pick in our mascot draft. Remember, you picked the blue demons. You are now devil worshippers on your team. Yes, we are. So who would you like to pick next? And after this, I'm going to go for a little air action. Nah, no. I'm going the Yukon Huskies. Okay. Um, you know, we're going to train these Huskies how to shoot with their mouth. Like they do an Air Bud, and we got a fighting chance. Well, I'm thinking the two guard there. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think the two or a three. Um, because I think he's just kind of really athletic. I think again he plays, he can't shoot, and that's obvious. He doesn't have Air hands. Bud can shoot like no he like crazy. Have he doesn't have hands, but Air Bud does it. That's not a real movie. You don't know about Air Bud. You don't know ball. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All right, right. We had watched UConn in person lose to Xavier. Good, bad, just bad. Like what are we doing? Like, are, that's another one where I'm just like, are we doing big picture? Are we doing small picture? What are we doing? Well, I think it's we got to talk both halves, right? Because that's an optimist pessimist by itself. Two different most. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Hawkins looked really, really good in this game. If you're UConn, yes, he did. Um, I thought Tristan Newton absolutely looks like he turned a corner in Big e's play, getting to the hole. Yes, this is Tristan Newton's probably best game as a Husky. He had the triple double earlier in the season. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, played pretty well at the PK ninety five. But compared to eighty nine or whatever it is, yeah, against Oregon. Um, but compared to competition, I think you say Oregon. Where'd it go? It's gone. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you? UConn's defense is pretty bad. I mean, Xavier's um offense is really really good. Let me start with that too. Um, and UConn when they picked up the one three one press, um, it looked a lot better. I don't know. I was talking to um, three shots and for Hawkins today, uh, three free throws for Hawkins. Where, if you have the panic button, let's say you started with it in the bottom drawer, the door was closed, where is it right now for you? If you're a UConn fan, which we are UConn fans. No, I think you have to be hitting the panic button. You're hitting it? Yeah. Because the entire Big East has exposed the same weaknesses that UConn mm-hmm. team has, which the other the non-conference teams weren't able to do, maybe because they don't know the team as well. Yeah. But teams that know UConn know how to attack them. There's something broken in their man-to-man defense, which is Danny Hurley's calling card, and their offense is sputtering. I said that I have it out of the drawer and the case is off. Lose to Georgetown or DePaul this week, you're smashing that button. Mm-hmm. I just don't... I mean, I get it. I just don't think it's changed the ceiling of where this UConn team can go. But are we talking like do like if they lose to Georgetown or to Paul, we're talking like epic collapse. But like in yeah. terms of Sweet Sixteen dreams See, to me, I it hasn't because there's enough season where that it hasn't crossed my mind that that UConn team can't accomplish what they want to accomplish. Though I've watched three weeks of them not accomplishing what they want to I've accomplish. Seen, I saw Creighton lose six straight games, and Creighton looks like the best team in the country. Yeah, right but Creighton now. was missing the Player of the Year for. Three of those games. They lost three games with Ryan Coffman. He had mono. Okay, I'm not doing it. I've done this many times with people. Um, UConn's in trouble. Um, they have two get-right games this week against Georgetown and DePaul. If they can sneak out two wins here um, and get, you know, Roland kind of going for Marquette at home, I mean, I still think UConn is, you know, we're talking about them still being ranked. We're still talking about good net um Ken Palm. They don't deserve to be ranked right now. No, they don't. But they're carrying that Alabama and Iowa State, and Alabama and Iowa State also lost this week. I wonder what um, changes. So, Ryan, uh, you took the Yukon Huskies as your pick, and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm I'm building a team to beat your team. I'm not building a team to beat another team. I'm taking the Villanova Wildcats oh,
0: because Wildcats wild
1: dogs. Ca- Mine is an animal that's in the wild. Your animal needs to eat three meals a day. That's the difference We're playing it. basketball, to be clear. So you're not feeding your animals? <laughs> Nonsense. Wow. Call Peter, guys. All right, let's put two and a half on the clock and talk Villanova Wildcats. Would they play one game this week? They lost one game? Yeah, they played Providence. This was coming off the week that they beat St. John's in that rock fight at the Garden. And the story of the week is... Uh, Justin Moore is back. He was my player of the year if he was not injured. Uh, I believe he's the best player in the Big East when he's healthy. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch play basketball he didn't look and you watch this live so you can speak to it maybe a little more i know he only scored five points it didn't uh, his outside shooting was going to take a minute it didn't look like he missed a step defensively or getting in the rim i think that's exactly right and um actually i felt like ed cooley was trying to attack more a little bit he had carter post him up a couple times he ran you know pick and rolls to get more and he seemed to hold up just fine like you said, his outside shooting was an issue. He shot oh four from three. He's going to fix that. He was a very good outside shooter last year. Yeah, got to um, get his legs under him again. And the fact that he went to post up um, Allen Breed in the first three minutes of being back, that was something special. Well, it seems like Neptune kept him out of the lineup until he was ready to be 100%. Like, I thought maybe 10 minutes. They played him 31 minutes. Yep. Um, Cam Whitmore played his maybe one of his better games in a long time. Eric Dixon was excellent in this game. Here's I do you want to do big picture? Do you still want to talk about this game? Because you probably have more on this game. I thought it was Cam Whitmore's best game. Uh, effort plays everywhere. Mm-hmm. I love Cam Whitmore. He still loses his man on defense too much, but he, he's a fantastic rebounder. He um, is a disruptor on defense. Yeah. He's able to get into passing lanes because of his athleticism and his length. And then he what he shot four of eight from three. Got down to the hole. Uh, he was really good. Yeah, I think Villanova's can upset some people. Now, right? I, I don't mean to do another twitter person but i talked to alan ray for a little bit about um villanova and i said don't be discouraged about this providence loss because in my opinion there's no way or villanova can get into the tournament without winning the big east tournament so everything just matters how they look going into that tournament do you agree or do you think wins matter i know wins matter i'm not trying to say they don't i'm not an idiot but what do you, you think the way they look is more important Yes, they can only get into the NCAA tournament through the Big East tournament. At this point, um, you know they're ten and eleven, um, and four and six in conference play. Yeah, but obviously they want to win basketball games. Yeah, I I just people were down after the loss, and I thought, I thought that if Villanova had to talk about this week, it's a stock up week for them. Yeah, I think getting back Jefferson Moore is always a stock up. I think that. They were still holding out hope that if you sweep the board after Justin Moore comes back and then you go out maybe in the Big East tournament finals, you yeah. can say, look how much better we are with Justin, Justin Moore, Moore put us into the tournament. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. They, they saw some opportunities at home to get some quad one wins. Right, you right now on your team have a blue demon and a husky, and I'm beating you on every position. So do you want to try to get this third spot? It's a great question. So, I think I'm going with the only other human on the board. That's There's two humans on the board, to be clear. There's two humans? Yes. I'm, I'm interested in who you consider not a human. Oh, that's a great <laughs> point. I'll go Seton Hall Pirates. <laughs> I was interested in if you thought Friars weren't humans. No. No, I'll go <laughs> Seton Hall Pirates. They're going to play dirty. You know, there's going to be some fights. Wow, you're saying that the Seton Hall you're saying Shaheen Holloway has no, his team playing I'm, dirt. I'm saying little. That's what you heard here on the podcast, guys. You're on one today, huh? <laughs> I have some energy. Oh, my back's hurting. All right. Two and a half on the clock. Seen Hall played one game this week. This Marquette game was not this week, correct? Right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and they beat Butler. Uh, bad. Butler's really bad. Seen um, Hall, I stock up, stock up, stock up. I want Seen Hall to make the tournament. That's kind of where I'm at with. like, like Just keep winning, Seton Hall, because I really want you to make the tournament. Yeah, Seton Hall's looked really good recently. Um, and really, nobody... They put up 70 points. Dre Davis. No, Yeah, Dre Davis went for 15 off the bench, but... He was excellent. I know you didn't get to watch this game, but he was bo- or he was posting up um, on Seamus, Lacocious at different times. Um, they got Manny Bates in foul trouble right in the beginning of that game. I mean... This was, I mean, I, I get it. It's Butler. Like, I'll preface everything with it's Butler. But this isn't just a one-off. This is a continuation of some really good play by them. Yeah, they've now won five of the last six. Yeah. Include, they, and they, they, the only loss being uh, against Marquette. Yeah. I mean, and they have the UConn. They have Butler. They did what they needed to do with the lower part of the Big East. Yep. Um, you know, they beat Butler, Georgetown, DePaul, um, and Butler again. So they did what they needed to do. Uh, Best defense in the conference? When everyone's locked in, I think. Absolutely. Um, I have it. You know, they went mid-season where not everyone was locked in. Right. Um, Casey Nadefo. Casey, like, he gets these guys to just, he gets 100% out of them. Like, and I get it. He brought Nadefo from St. Peter's. Like, so Nadefo knew what he was, you know, getting into. But, man, that kid plays with so much energy around the court. And I, I really enjoyed watching Casey Nadefo kind of, not grow up, but grow up in terms of Big East play over the last few weeks. Yeah, I just kind of find his spot in his groove. What he's able to do at this level, and he's able to do a lot. Um, and he's such a disruptor, and he plays with so much confidence. The rest yeah. of the team feeds off him. Kadari really is hitting his stride. Um, he, you know, he was kind of having an up and down year. He's kind of been consistent, and man, he is a matchup nightmare. Yeah, for Big East points when guys. he's locked in, like, he can just back anyone down to the hole. Like, what is he? He has a six six spin as yeah. a point guard. I mean, it's he's really impressive. canary Richmond has been a lot of fun to watch, and he fixed his stroke a little bit. Um, so he's not shooting as many threes right now either. Um, I, I, I mean, I can do some more box score watching, but you know, take over the a grain of salt. as Butler, but this is still a really nice program win. All <laughs> oh, right, Ryan, chances that seeing home makes the NCAA <sighs> tournament. How much do I want it or realistic? Realistic. Like, 40%? 40%? Yeah. How much do... Like, it's just 13-9 and nine and, you know, some of the losses, like, to Siena and stuff. Siena's the big one. Siena yeah, hurts. Like, the Rutgers win, though. Keep... Ruck, I know, Seton Hall, you hate it. Keep rooting for Rutgers every day. Yep. All right, guys. Um, I am going to draft, to complement my Villanova and St. John's team, I'm going to draft the Providence Friars. And I know... Listen... I could have gone with a bird here, but I have my center now, and that's clear. My Providence Friar is big man in the middle, setting down, and you're not getting thrown. And that's – he's a baller. A little undersized. Uh, who's, oh, he, he, absolutely. Who was the center for Loyola Chicago a few years ago? Oh, I don't, the team that beat Illinois in, I, in the Sweet 16. I probably couldn't tell you off the top of my head. That's but, what I'm imagining. Um, so. Providence – yeah, I mean – they did to Butler what – was that this week? Why can't I remember? Yes, this was this week. Providence smoked Butler, and then they beat Villanova in the game that you were at, which I think we should talk a lot more about because, yeah, they beat Butler, but everyone's beating Butler right now, and Providence is clearly a tier above them, or many tiers above them. Yes. I, yeah, not – the Vill, win over Villanova was much more impressive. and well, specifically the play yeah. of Jared Bynum who was really excellent. 17 points in the final 10 minutes. I, I had gotten to the point with Jared Bynum where I got worried. Um, not that he was having a bad year, but he kind of went back into where he was at the beginning of last year, kind of managing the game, managing the offense. The last 10 minutes looked like Jared Bynum in the second half of last year. Yeah, it was great. And you started to see him call his own number. Um, you know, he called for the ball after he made his first two shots and, you know, made it very clear to the rest of the team that I'm taking this possession, you know, get out of my way. He took over the game and he was unstoppable down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, Ed Croswell was really good. He shot seven of nine. Um, I thought Hopkins was better than his five of 14 line showed Hopkins had good moments. Devin Carter had good moments. The rest of the team kept him in the game till the end. And then Jared Biden just took it over. And Hopkins had foul trouble. There was a few questionable fouls in that game. Um, I thought Devin Carter defensively was fantastic again. Let's three- talk about Corey Floyd carving <laughs> out a role. Uh, eight points off the bench on two of three shooting. I thought that he's shooting like 47% from three this year in limited minutes. He's been nice for this Providence team. as a little bit of guard depth coming off the bench. Yeah. He has, he's been pretty good. I really him. enjoyed watching Clifton Moore play too. Clifton Moore had a bunch of blocks and was kind of enforcing it around the rim a little bit um, when he came in. Um there's not a lot of teams that match up good against these fires. So the best rebounding team in the country, they have a uh, not country, conference. They have Bryce Hopkins, who's an NBA talent. You have Jared Bynum now, who's rolling. Yeah. Do you think Providence has the best bench in the uh, in the best er, Big East right now? Um, I don't know. Is Jared Bynum, Bynum going <laughs> to continue to come, come try, off the that's bench? That's the question. Because Breed played 21 minutes and Bynum played 24. Are they going to flip-flop soon? Right. Also, what do you make of Noah Locke's struggles shooting away from the amp? I mean, he shot 0-2 again, and that guy is a sharpshooter at the amp. If anything, it's mental. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Noah Locke. I think it'll translate, but I think he's fine. I think he'll, he'll get it. Yeah, All right, Ry, you right now have Seton Hall, you have the Paul Blue Demons, and you have the Yukon Huskies for your mascots who could play basketball. Who are you going to take next? I think we have it down to, like, there's two and two. I need a point guard. I want somebody who's shifty. I want somebody who, who's a good ball handler. I'm taking the Creighton Blue Jays. Ooh, and I thought you were going to go opposite. I, thought, I think there was a clear, you needed to take this team, or eight, one of these two, and I need to take one of those two, and then we're going to take the last two. Rye, is there anything hotter in college basketball than the Creighton Blue Jays? Jay Wright in a suit? Ooh, good answer, good answer. Kyle Neptune in a suit? Kyle Neptune in a sweater? Are you uh, kidding me? Yeah, God, that, they had a, a fantastic week this week. Uh, they smacked St. John's, and then they played host to the number 13 Xavier Musketeers and smacked them too. Um, ended up winning that game by 17 points, and that was a blowout within you know the last 8 minutes, 10 minutes, that game was pretty much over. It uh, doesn't seem legal that Creighton should be able to play home games on pink out days. Because, man, that place was uh, rocking. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a completely intimidating environment um, to play in. And they fed off their crowd. Shireman, Cockbrenner, Nemhard were absolutely phenomenal in that Xavier game. I mean, we're back to the conversation. Do they have the best starting five in the Big East? They've gone through their valley. And they're hitting their stride right at the right time going into the, you know, the back half of conference play. Yeah, I believe Creighton is now 7-2 and two in all five of their starters. The main five score um, 10 points at least. And I think they're like one of their losses to Arizona. Um, you're on the Ryan Cockbrenner. I'm on the Ryan Nemhard train for this, for the Savior game. And what did the advanced stats say? I don't care. I saw I saw my own eyeballs. The advanced stats said Ryan Clarkburner was um fantastic in this game. He had a defensive he had the lowest defensive rating on the team. By far you want a low defensive rating. Uh he had the highest plus minus on the team and just watching the game, he finished with five blocks. Are you gonna drop it just watching the game after I said that? Well you don't know ball. So <laughs> Just watching the game, you, you could watch how often Xavier would hesitate as they were getting towards the lane, um, and you can't measure layups not attempted. You want to know what you can measure? Rebounds. Um, Ryan Nemhardt out-rebounded Ryan Kalkbrenner despite being a foot shorter. Ryan Nemhardt also held his player he was guarding, Sully Boom, who is my pick for Big East Player of the Year right now. He held Suley Boom to two points, and more impressively to me, he held Suley Boom to two points on one of five shooting. Every time Sully Boom caught the ball, Ryan Nemhard was there to deny or to stop him from getting to the hole. Um, I get it. Cockbrenner's great. This isn't a this is a great thing for them. It's a rock and a hard place in a good way for Creighton. Yeah, Ryan Nemhard had a great game. 11, 10 and eight. He was right there for um, a triple double. Right, <laughs> Creighton And you you alluded to something, a great point. I alluded to. I didn't even make one. No, Creighton's guards. <laughs> Do deny a lot. Yeah. Do you know why they deny a lot? Because they have Ryan Cockburn. Because if they now. get beaten by yeah, Ryan Cockburn is waiting. Yeah, he lives b- the uh, conference in blocks for game. They right have away. Georgetown on Wednesday, and I can't think of a bigger mismatch in the conference right now than them playing Georgetown on Wednesday. Yeah, that's going to be okay. At least it's at Georgetown, but still, we are going to see an absolute blowout. All right, Ryan, I am going to go with, um, because I would have taken this one first anyway. I'm going to go with the Marquette Golden Eagles. I think a Golden Eagle is a little more intimidating than a Blue Jay. Um, and my guy's a point guard. I have Sulu Boom on your my team for point guard. You have a Blue Jay. I'm trying to think of a biggie and not a biggie's point guard. Like uh you have like a whole guard from Michigan State. Like nobody's scared of you. You're kinda cute. Like where you kinda, you know. But I have, you know, I'm gonna go with mine. Marquette Golden Eagles, who played one game this week and won one game this week, and they beat DePaul by twenty. Big picture, little picture. Tyler Kolick, um, friend of the pod last week. Um, came on and absolutely dominated. He had uh, 10 assists and 9 rebounds um, to go along with his 24 points. Should we talk Tyler Kulik Tyler shooting? Should we talk David Joplin shooting? Should we talk, yeah, I mean, David Joplin, 8 of 11 from 3. <laughs> As DePaul and David Joplin, it was just a terrible mix for Marquette in this game. Yeah. Um, Tyler Kulik, Player of the Year? I still have Boom right now, but... Sully Boom's laid a few eggs in conference and I don't know if Koalick I don't know if Kulik's capable of laying an egg because his floor is high his floor is higher than Boom's. I would say his ceiling's a little lower than Boom's, if that makes sense. I agree. Tyler Koalik's not the pure scorer that Sully Boom is, but what Tyler Kolek does in facilitating every game is always there. Yeah. And if he you know, he said on the, with us that he's always thought of himself as a shooter. Shot four of six from three. Um, Cam Jones got hurt in this game. I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to. He hurt his hip at one point. Um, you know, I they need him. Oso Higodara continues to be, in my opinion, like... Oso Higodara might not be the best player in the conference, but he might be the most valuable player in the conference. He might be the most underrated player in the conference. I, mean, I was talking to some Marquette fans, and I said... The thing I didn't understand is I didn't think Oso Higodara... Because most people know I ranked them la- 11th to start the year. Um, I was dead wrong, and I've admitted that, gone on my victory lap of being wrong. I didn't expect to Gadara to become a top-ten player in the conference. <laughs> like, that's where I think, and I thought Justin Lewis and Daryl Morseau would be the problem. Yeah, they've won eight of their last nine. The only game they lost was on that Sully Boom 3 um, when Marquette came to visit. Or was that, Xavier a, was that a Yeah, no, it's Xavier. Excuse me, that was a two. Yes, I'm sorry, when uh, they went to visit Xavier, you talk about hottest teams in the in the conference, I don't know if you can leave Marquette off right now. They're rolling. Every aspect is rolling right now. David Joplin, Jerome Hunter, Donovan Klingon, sixth man of the year. Right? Jerome yeah. Hunter. Jerome Hunter? Oh, yeah. even over Joplin who just dropped 28? Yeah, great, great game from David Joplin, and he's going to have a lot of great games, but it was against DePaul. Yeah, I mean, he's he Joplin is averaging 10.5 points this year, which is more than Hunter, but Hunter's been excellent. Yeah, All right, Ryan, we're down to two Two Bulldogs. Which one are you taking? Neither <laughs> Bulldog is really good right now, but I'll celebrate the Georgetown win by picking Georgetown Hoyas. All right, that's going to leave me with Butler, which <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, Georgetown won this week. Yeah. Do we have like a celebration noise or something? Like Ge- we could Georgetown run? broke the curse? Georgetown won for the first time in 680 days. I mean, they they lost to St. John's on a buzzer beater, which is progress. They lost A. J. Store. Yep. Um, but they beat DePaul. So we talking Primo. We talking a Cook. We talking Wahab. We talking a little Brandon Murray. I mean, it was Primo Spears down the stretch. Am I am I misremembering oh, yeah. mis- that? No, it was abs- it's Primo Spears at all times. Um, Primo dropped twenty one points on seven of seventeen shooting, and I do not care if he's a non inefficient shooter because I love him. Yeah, Primo Spears is the truth, and uh, not afraid of the moment. You can say that. Ryan, you're not great at math, but <laughs> tough for you right there. In two basketball games, how many minutes are played? 80. So if Primo Spears played 80 minutes this week, what percentage of the, game, of the games did he play? And you know what that says to me? That is the best coaching Patrick Ewing's done. It's really too t- to take primo Spears out. Yeah, don't take primo Spears out. It's the best thing you got going on on that team. Yeah, a cook cook was absolutely wonderful in the Depaul game, um, which I will always swear to as well. Uh, he no, he had a few blocks down the stretch um, where they absolutely like needed a stop, and they don't get many stops, and he was right there. Um, Jordan Riley's kind of stepped up for them uh, after not playing like half the season. So, uh, I mean, they even gave Ryan Matumbo some run in their Depaul one, which I don't. know. Yeah, they all looked engaged, which it's been a long time since they've all looked engaged. We're talking non-conference. We're talking some of those losses um, early where they looked engaged. But they all looked engaged. They all looked like they wanted to win. And we finally saw not good defense, but passable defense. Yeah, I mean, and it was passable against St. John's in some ways, too. Um, Wahab kind of dominated Soriano at certain points in that game, too, which was different. I wasn't expecting that. Um I don't know. It, is there a world where this was the worst thing to happen to Georgetown to win this week? Because it's real easy to say you're going to fire someone after they don't win a game for two years. I, I, if Patrick Ewan says, oh, we've only lost nine in a row. Like, is that going to change anything or is it already written in stone? Well, I've been maintaining that they're never going to fire him. What they're going to do is wait for him to step down. Do I think this affects his decision to step down? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I guess if they went on a run, maybe. Um, but no, I think he's going to go step down as well. Or I think they're going to fire him. I don't think he's going to step down. I think if he wanted to step down, he would have already done that. Um, I just worry about the decision makers at Georgetown. And I do that often. All right, right. I I mean, love some people up from Butler, but man. Butler puts the butt in Butler. It's not funny. So I'll take it the, never was funny. I'll take Butler, who has now lost four in a row by a combined ninety-three points, I believe. Um and they lost to Providence and Seton Hall this week. Ryan, they lost by a combined forty two points in two games. We're gonna talk some positives. Shimas Lucotius is on the team. Is <laughs> is very good. Uh, Manny Bates came back. Manny Bates is healthy. We love to see kids get healthy, right? We love when people are healthy. Yeah. But we don't root for It's fears. one of the... It's a health... It's always been a healthy pod. Um, Jalen Thomas played well in the Seton Hall game, I guess. Um, he had all his free throws. Oh, bad. T- <laughs> they keep, they're struggling. And this is a really disappointing year for them, especially as they had a pretty good non-con. I thought they were right in the tier with Seton Hall that they'd be close to a bubble team. I thought so as well. Coming out of the non-con, they were my pick. To be the last Big East team into the tournament, they um, beat Kansas State in the not con and they beat BYU. Those are two really good wins, and they have and they beat Villanova. They have significant talent on that team. Like that's not the issue. You have the new coach. Yeah. It just hasn't come together for them, and so. It, I mean, Chuck Harris did get hurt um, in the Vill- or Seton Hall game, so like, also would like him to get healthy because um, he's one of my favorite players to watch when he's cooking. Um, I don't know, I. I trust the thing is the difference between Butler and Georgetown is I trust Thad because Thad has built programs before, yeah. so I legitimately think that they have a chance to turn around. But that, that, there's more to it than that. Butler plays like a basketball team. Georgetown plays like a bunch of guys at the park. But. Georgetown is better than Butler right now. They're playing, if, they no, played each other, so. if they played each other, I think Georgetown would absolutely well, win. They did play each other a couple weeks I'm ago. But I'm talking about right now, right? I'm not talking about in the beginning of the season. But you're talking ifs and buts. I'm talking actual well, results. Co- well, of course. I can't say that they're playing each other right now because they don't play each other again until um, February 19th. They play each other in two weeks. So we'll see what happens then. But I, I would expect Georgetown to be favored in a game for the first time this year. Well, count me as betting on the Butler Bulldogs Tough, tough season for them, but you got to give Mattis some time to right this ship. Um, And the good news is, I believe everybody has another year of eligibility, at least the starting five. Uh, I can't speak to Jalen Thomas coming from Georgia State. I'm not sure there. Or (laughs) Ali Ali. Yeah, I don't know about those two either. And it's impossible to find that stuff online. All right. So, Ryan, do you want to hear your team? Yeah, go ahead. You have the Seton Hall Pirates. The Blue Demons, the Huskies of Yukon, the Blue Jays of Creighton, and the Hoyas of Georgetown. Meanwhile, I have the Weather, St. John's. I have a Wildcat, a literal Wildcat in Villanova. I got the Holy Friars, and I got the Golden Eagles, and I have Bulldogs of Butler. The reading felt a little biased. No, so that was honestly, so that was our, are those all the teams? We got one more team to talk about? Oh, that's all the team. We got one more team to talk about in the future. I meant. Yes, sir. and we're going to so that now. Stay tuned. All right. And for our last team we're going to talk about was Xavier and who knows Xavier Musketeers basketball better than Colby Jones. Colby, you guys went one and one this week. You beat UConn in a very impressive game. What was that atmosphere like at Gamble? I know we were there, but you know, what was it like on the court?
0: I mean, it was crazy. It was definitely one of the loudest arenas I've ever played in. So, um, I mean, just to play in something like that was just amazing, just to just to be in that moment and experience that. And you guys jumped out
1: to such a hot start right off the bat, both on the offensive and defensive end. What was kind of the energy coming out of the locker room? Was there a focus to get off to a great start, or did it happen just, you know, were you guys surprised at how well you started? I mean, we knew
0: we had to get that game. We wanted that game bad. Um, just knowing that it'd be a big win for us and a big statement game. So our mindset coming out of that was just just to be clicking on all cylinders. And I feel like we were that first half for sure.
1: Absolutely. When UConn's making that run in the second half, one of the things I was wondering, it was hard to hear, you know, in the stand, how do you communicate on the court? Is it just because you five know each other so well? Like, is there a lot of – can you – hear? like, I know it's a dumb question, but can you hear each other, like, at a point like that? I was thinking the same thing in the Creighton game, but like, do you hear each other or are you just relying on that chemistry? Um – I mean, if you're trying to talk to someone across the court, you
0: definitely can't hear anything in that type of environment. But, um, I mean, if you get real close to them, you still have to scream a lot. But, I mean, just definitely looking at the bench a lot, um, just looking for the hand signals that we have. And then, um, yeah, like you said, like that chemistry we built, we just kind of know, like, what each other's thinking in those moments. So we're just all trying to be one connected unit.
1: And you go for 20 points and four assists in that game. You hit three big threes. You have the assist to Jack Nunji down the stretch. Um, you talk about your performance a little bit. What was your mindset? What was your strategy going into the game? Um, just trying
0: to just trying to play confident. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough environment there. I mean, they have great players, but uh, I feel like our game plan that we had on offense really worked, and I was just trying to do my best to execute that. And, um, I hit the shots when my shots were called, so I mean, I was uh, fortunate to uh, hit those.
1: And then they don't give you a break for tough road environments. They give you the pink out game at Creighton after you played a game, what's that? And in- that place looked cr- like I had tears in my eyes watching all the people stand up for the yeah. cancer thing. I mean, what, what are they doing to Xavier? Are they trying to knock you off your pedestal right now? I mean,
0: you can say what you want, but I mean, that was that environment. It was two great environments back to back. Pink, I mean, it was a really special call. So it was, it was just really cool seeing all the stories, different stories that people had um play in that. But yeah, that environment was definitely crazy too, with all the pink out there Backdrops looked weird and all that. But, I mean, yeah, two great environments in the Big East. I mean, Big East road games are really tough. So, if you can get one of those, it's a good
1: thing. Absolutely. And you split with uh, Creighton, and you get the huge road win against UConn. And you guys are really rolling right now. Um, You know, you have one of the best offenses in the country by Ken Palm. Have you ever played on an offense this good before?
0: Um... Oh, um, my high school team. Our offense playing <laughs> like a similar, like similar style. So, I mean, I knew it was going to work when Coach Miller was talking about it, but um, not not to this extent. I mean, our offense, our guys are we're all really unselfish. We just want to get the best shot possible to time down the floor. So, just playing
1: on a team like that, I
0: mean, it's really fun.
1: So, how would you characterize the offensive style? Like like in layman's terms for people who aren't playing basketball at a D one level. I mean, it's really
0: just a side ball screen, side to side um, with the big, and you just have different reads off of that. You can hit the, the man down low, posting up, or you can spread to the other side of the court. So, I mean, after after the, we call it flow, so after that breaks down, I mean, we're really just playing five, we're just playing with each other out there. So, I mean, just to have those unselfish guys, it really helps out a lot.
1: And I, I definitely am not. Um, a technical wizard, but the way you guys seal on pick and rolls, it seems really unique and uh, something really special about this Xavier team that you do better than pretty much anybody in the country that I've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, our coaches do a great job every day with um, our bigs just to make, just to get those mechanics right, those fundamentals. I mean, it, it really shows off. We've had a lot of guys make tremendous strides this year, like Zach and Jerome. So it's been fun seeing those
1: guys progress a lot. How much easier is it to finish at the rim when you have Fremantle boxing out his guy to, to give you a length?
0: It makes life so much easier. So, I mean, we thank the bigs every every time they get a screen assist, it just makes it easier for us.
1: I got to ask a quick question. Zach Fremantle is like one of my favorite players to watch play basketball. How much does he feed off those road environments? I know you said that you do as well, but it just seems like he feeds off that and he like uses it such for like good. Um is is he like the emotional leader? Is he going crazy in the locker room? Like, what is? I don't know. Maybe I'm just making it up. Yeah, man.
0: He he lives for those big moments. He love he loves the road games. He likes to make the crowd quiet. So, um, yeah. I mean, like Zach, he's just very emotional player out there on the court. He expresses his emotions. Just show much shows how much passionate he is about the game. But um, yeah. I mean, I thought we all have that mentality going into the game, but especially with Zach.
1: And you guys have. You came in as freshman together, is that correct?
0: Uh, No, he was a year older. He, oh, he was
1: um, but you m- both, both might end up on the same all-conference team at the end of this year, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's been great playing with Zach my, throughout my college career, so uh, I'm
1: mm-hmm. happy for him. All right, well, we thought that we had to bring in a real Xavier expert to talk Xavier hoops. So, Kobe, thank you very much for doing that with us. I'm talking about this week in basketball. And if you'd like to hear the rest of this interview – please tune in to our specific interview episode that we will release just with Colby Jones Talking Ball. Uh, We'd love to have you. you All right, Ryan, we are on to Mailbag. And before we get to your questions, we were lucky enough this week to um, talk via DMs um, with Eric Dixon um, on the Villanova, so we asked him a question that he responded to um, via his father. so Ryan, we asked him, "What have you worked on in your game that you feel fans should pay attention to?" so this was his response decision making and consistency. I knew coming into this year his role or my role is going to be increase, and I figured I'd see more doubles, so I wanted to get ready for that i've always tried to make the game easier for my teammates, so now it's just about doing it at a higher level. We also talked a little bit about – he talked about um, decision-making, pass-first ability, and he also talked about his flexibility um, in different spots because we talked about going to the pro game next. That's a fantastic answer from Eric Dixon, and you see that all the time. Uh, His decision-making, the consistency of decision-making is very impressive. He recognizes doubles and uh, finds open shooters at a high clip. Yeah, I think Dixon going from being kind of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a complimentary piece last year yep. to being one of the main guys has really helped his basketball, um, not his IQ, but his decision-making going up. Top five in the conference in usage rate. Yeah, he's been fabulous. I I absolutely believe that he is um, in conversation for the first or second Big East team. Yeah, if, he was, uh, if his team had had a little more success, he'd definitely be... Uh, right up there yep all right ryan mailbag questions i'm going to start with who is coach of the year and why is it shaka smart yeah it's shaka smart for me um the only other conversation i can hear right now is for sean miller uh it probably won't go to ed cooley just because it went to him last year and they like to you know recognize different coaches so i think it's shaka smart what he did and where people expected them versus where they are now i think it's a shaka smart ed cooley race um a lot of transfers, Fred Cooley and just amazing work he's done. Um, True Musketeer says, and that was Captain Geach. Um, True Musketeer says, all Big East Final Four? No, I don't think so. I, obviously, like it's that would probably not happen. But I, and this is biased, obviously. I legitimately think there are five teams in the Big East that can be second weekend teams. Yeah. Like, yeah. that have the ceiling to be yeah, second weekend. I don't know if all of those teams have finals. No. Four. And you also you need some luck to make the final Absolutely. four for sure. Um, Dylan Traeger asked for a Dark Horse Big East tournament winner. Villanova no, Wildcats. I was just gonna say that. With Justin Moore back, they're gonna be uh like get up in there. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Scene Hall in there. Yeah. I think a team that plays defense like they do, like it's gonna be harder to score as you try to play two or three days in a row. Um, and Seton Halls is going to make it even harder to score for you. And so. they should trap their crowd should travel well. Yes, they're right across uh, the river there. And Shaheen Holloway is going to get his guys playing uh, like their hairs on fire for those um, four games, I think. But Villanova with Justin no. Moore back leadership, a guy who's won a uh, Big East tournament, a guy probably who's been to the Final Four, playing like as a six or seven seed in the Big East tournament. Watch it's out; it's going to be tough. Um, is this the best Big East has been since realignment, Ryan? Uh, then he said, tied you in it somewhere between three to five teens have real final four potential, which is what I was just saying. It's a great question. I wonder if the top of the big East is a little lower than it was specifically in the first Villanova wildcat championship, or it was it? I, now. I'm, I can't remember which one they were more dominant in, but, uh, one of those years they were like number one all year or number two all year. Yeah. Um, I think that Villanova being not like the – I thought Villanova was the best – not the best team in the country at a few times. But – um, so I, I I don't know. They they don't have that number one like clearly like best top five team in the country where um, they used to. Um, Ethan says, uh, how's seen Hall getting into the tournament pretty much? How are they getting into the tournament? Keep winning, Ryan. I know you're going to say that. Well, let me look at their schedule really quick. Okay. At the same time, I'm gonna answer: Does Nova pull up the upset this week with more back? Um, I believe Villanova is playing um, Marquette men's basketball. Is playing Marquette, and yes, they're playing at Marquette. Nobody wins them Nobody wins on the road right now in the Big East um, against the top four. Um, how's Seton Hall get in the tournament? Right, they've got to play both their games against Villanova. Still, you might have to sweep those games. You got to beat St. John's and DePaul, Georgetown. You got to take care of the lower. You pro- I think you have to get a win against Xavier, Providence, UConn, or um, Creighton. I think you need one of those games. I think they might be able to get in if they, take, if they sweep Villanova and take care of the lower tier. Okay. Um, what's wrong with my bu- Butler Bulldogs? It's tough. Uh, long, long answer that we hopefully were able to give some to. Um, they're having a really tough season. They're going to get there. I'm uh, optimistic. Not this year, but they'll get there. Which team's starting five do you think could handle the most adult beverages? This is what the people are looking for. That's a great question. Who's the biggest, who's the tallest starting five? Um, Creighton? No. I mean, they have Brenner. I I said Xavier because they're the oldest starting five. So Uli boom's 25. That's a good answer. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he's been putting away for years. I don't Legally. Think, UConn has a lot of size on their team. The yeah. taller you are, the more beers you can drink. I'll go UConn. Uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll stay with Xavier. All right. So those were our mailbag questions for this week. Thank you very much for listening to the week 12 of the Biggeries Bar Room. We are going to, um, hopefully you enjoyed our interview, and we can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for pulling up a stool. Thank you so much.